Because really, how can you criticize someone for something that you're engaging in? What advice are you going to provide that person with? Welcome to Christ-Centered Growth Podcast, where we learn to work out our salvation one day at a time, knowing that it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So let us focus on him in this journey, growing in him and through him. Hi, it's your host, Mary Lynn. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Christ-Centered Growth Podcast. Hopefully you listened to episode one and you were blessed by it. Um, I did get some feedback from a couple people that was actually really encouraging. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, like, and share. And thanks so much for the kind words. I give God all the glory. I got a question about where to leave comments. Please leave your comments on Apple Podcasts for iPhone users and CastBox for Android users. Um, We can also have conversations on Instagram and Facebook as well. This episode, we will be talking about something everyone is familiar with criticism. If this is the first episode you're listening to, know that the first couple episodes on this podcast are going to be on what I'm calling the 10 isms. These are 10 things that end in the letters ISM that I have personally struggled with and God is teaching me about. Now I know there isn't even alignment in the church regarding whether or not it is okay to criticize. Some people believe that it is not your place to criticize anyone. And some people believe you cannot be a true friend if you do not criticize. Now this discrepancy might be due to a difference in the understanding of what criticism actually is. And so that's where we're going to start. Now this definition should help create a boundary for us of what exactly we're talking about. That way, if your understanding is different from the definition I provide, then you understand that whatever we say today might not apply. The definition of criticism on which the content of this podcast is based is simply expressing disapproval. There are two major parts we'll be talking about today, and that's criticizing and being criticized. I'm sure we've all been criticized at some point, I know I have. I've been criticized and I've definitely criticized others as well. In fact, confession time for someone who doesn't like to be criticized, I used to criticize quite a bit. This is me just being open and vulnerable because that is where growth lies and this podcast is about growth. So when I speak about criticism, I'm not speaking from a place of perfection. Um, I'm speaking to you from a place of I'm better than I was before and, you know, God is helping me and I want to be able to share that. I think a lot of the criticism I give and even my hatred for criticism comes from a need to be perfect, um, of which uh, perfectionism is actually going to be the topic of the next episode. So I'm not going to go too much into that. One thing that I want to talk about is before criticizing, there are some questions that I have found out are important to ask yourself. First question is, is your criticism based on the truth? With the definition that we gave, right, criticism isn't essentially wrong. There is a negative connotation on criticism. But like I said, that's the reason why I've started off giving a definition of criticism. And based on that definition, criticism is not essentially wrong. The disapproval expressed, however, is based on your perception. And that could be based on the truth or it could be based on lies. Now, what we consider true is actually subjective. So for someone who is colorblind, the truth for them could be that the leaves on a tree are gray, while the truth for someone else might be that the leaves are green. Both of those are actually somewhat true, right? 
based on the perception of whoever is saying them. And so simply judging someone based on personal truths can be quite misleading. So what exactly is truth? Now, the Bible is very clear in this. Jesus is. So he's the son of God. He's the word of God that was present from the very beginning. The Bible says he is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. So as is the style of this podcast, we will be looking at what the truth is about criticism. What does the word of God say about criticism? You need to answer the question of whether or not the criticism you are about to give is based on the truth. Only if it is based on the truth should you consider even criticizing. If it is based on your opinion, half-truths, or blatant lies, you should not say anything. If it is based on what someone else told you, you definitely should not say anything. Pet peeves. Let's talk about that a little bit. Now, what you find irritating is not the truth. For this, you're not criticizing. You're just providing feedback on how their behavior affects you. But responsibility of change rests on you. You need to figure out how to deal with it. Don't go around expecting people to behave only in the ways you find acceptable. I tend to do things fairly quickly and one of my pet peeves is actually people being slow. I mean, (laughs) God help me, but that produces so much anger in me. And I've grown to this point where the anger it produces is not as much as it was before. But it's like, come on, we don't have all day. Like, And I will point that out when people were being slow and I'll be like, well, you cannot afford to be this slow. You need to change. But see, that's based on my personal truths. I feel like people need to be fast. That's my opinion. That's how I like to do things. It's not based on the word of God. So it's not based on the truth. What I need to do is not tell people how they need to get faster. What I need to do is I need to get some patience. And your personal convictions are not the truth either. If God has convicted you of something, you should not do it. But do not criticize someone based on that if it is not in the Bible. That conviction is for you. It's something that you need to work on. And you don't have to turn that into the gospel. The next question you need to ask is... Is the person I am about to criticize a believer or not? What I learned from the word of God, from studying the word of God, is it is actually not our place to criticize unbelievers. Now, you might hear that and be like, nah, uh uh-uh. I'm turning this podcast off right now. I don't need to listen to this. But the Bible is actually clear on this. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 12, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not supposed to judge those inside? So this looks pretty clear. We're not supposed to judge unbelievers. What we are supposed to do is we're supposed to point them to Jesus. Believers, however, have knowledge of Jesus. So they have knowledge of the truth. So the next thing that I found is important is to self-reflect and to ask yourself if you're struggling with that same thing you're about to express disapproval of. Now, none of us are perfect. We all have stuff we're working on. We all are continuously working out our salvation. So you should never criticize a person for not being perfect. It's so easy to see other people's faults. Thinking about it in the physical sense, it's so easy to see other people. If you want to see yourself, like you want to see how you look, you need to take an extra step. You need to go in front of a mirror. You need to get a mirror. And even then, there's still some spots you might not be able to see, right? However, 
Seeing other people does not need that extra step. You only have to just look. So what I'm saying is self-reflection requires more effort. We can see our physical bodies, but to see our life, we need the mirror of the word of God. So we need the word of God. We need to look into the word of God and kind of assess ourselves. We can also pray to God like David did. We can ask him to search us and point out anything in us that offends him. Matthew 7, 3 to 5 says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? The reason why this happens is because self-reflection hasn't happened, right? You've not had that prayer that David prayed. You haven't prayed that. Because really, how can you criticize someone for something that you're engaging in? What advice are you going to provide that person with? Now that we've established that, let's discuss how to actually give criticism. Now, the first thing that I've learned is it's so important to give it in private. The Bible even talks about that. It says, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. People are not very receptive to criticism in general, much less criticism given in public. And public includes social media, obviously. If you go to them in private and they still do not listen, you're supposed to take someone else with you to talk to that person. If they still do not listen, then you take it to the leaders in the church. These steps are listed in the Bible as the process for offering that correction in order to win them back. And you win them back when they realize that they are wrong and they change. Now, the next thing is like delivery really matters. Like how exactly you go about providing that criticism really matters. The goal for us should never be to just point out mistakes. It's to show where and how improvements can be made. If we look at Hebrews 10.24, it talks about, you know, it's so important to motivate people to do acts of love, to do good works, right? So we're supposed to motivate people to do it. We're not supposed to shout at them till they do it. We're not supposed to threaten them till they do it. We're not supposed to nag them until they do it. We're supposed to motivate them to do it. We're supposed to provide them a way forward. Tell them what exactly are they supposed to do. If you look at the story in Matthew 17, a man brought his son who was possessed by an evil spirit to the disciples to heal. And they could not. So he took him to Jesus and explained that, well, I took my son to your disciples and they're not able to heal my son. And Jesus was so disappointed. And he said something about it. He didn't keep quiet about it, right? He said something about it. If you read Matthew 17, you can, you can see the whole story. He did not just express disapproval. He also told them the way forward. He told them what you need is faith. You are not able to cast out the evil spirit in this boy because you lack faith. So we should not just say a person is wrong, but also say how they can be right and do it gently and be humble about it. Humble because it's only by God's grace that you do not have to worry about that sin. So don't go there in pride talking about, oh, I cannot believe that you still do that. You're supposed to help that person to do what is right. We're actually called to help fellow believers. Galatians 6 verse 3 in the NLT says, If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. We're called to help people. And by the way, that's exactly what the scripture says. I actually really love that scripture because of how blunt it is. But really, 
we're servants of the Lord. We're supposed to help each other out, help each other to be better. And make sure you pay more attention to assessing yourself than assessing other people. Because the bottom line is we're responsible for our own conduct, not the conduct of other people. We're responsible for our own conduct. So we need to pay attention to our own behavior first. That being said, we cannot afford to ignore ongoing sins. To ignore ongoing sins is wickedness. Remember, we're not talking about unbelievers here. We're talking about believers. We have to help them to do better. We have to pray for them. The right attitude is not going around looking for wrong. But if you see it, if you see that your brother, if you see that your sister in Christ are continuing to do the same thing over and over again, you need to say something. Proverbs 28, 23 says, He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. If you're seeing wrong and you're not saying anything and you're just smiling and rubbing that person's shoulder, you're wicked. Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthians. So the Corinthian church, there was a guy who was a member of the church who was attending the church on a regular basis. But this guy was sleeping with his father's wife. Uh, It seemed like he was doing this and well, he was doing this and no one was saying anything about it. And Paul wrote a letter to them saying, you guys are allowing this thing that even unbelievers do not do. You are allowing it in the church and you're not saying anything. And you're proud of yourselves. They probably thought, oh, we're just being kind. We don't want to judge. No, that is wickedness. That is not love. Because if we really love a person, we wouldn't just ignore when we see them engaging in evil you would say something about it we have to remember it's not about judging a person we're not supposed to judge so criticism in this sense does not equal judgment there usually is a finality in judgment when you judge someone to be a lost cause you condemn them we're not to judge people you can express disapproval of their engagement in a particular scene but you have no right to make a conclusion about them you have no right to just condemn them to damnation. James 4 verse 12 says, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. You do not have any right to judge your neighbor. But if you disapprove of their ongoing sin, you can say something about them and tell them what steps they can take to move forward from that. And when you're doing that, you need to be kind. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't go around judging people and expect not to be judged. Again, I'm not talking from a place of perfection. I'm working on this as well. But I know like this is really important. You will be treated as you treat other people. And the standard you use in judging people is the same standard that you will be judged with. It says that in Matthew 7. Now, how do you receive criticism? So we've talked about criticizing someone. But how exactly do you take criticism? That's also tough as well. And the first thing is you have to know that criticism is normal. You cannot expect not to be criticized. You will be criticized. There's no change in that. Some people say whatever you do, they'll judge you. I'll add to that. Even if you do not do anything, someone will have something to say. They'll judge you or they'll criticize you wrongly. Like someone's going to say something regardless. 
It's your responsibility to make sure that their criticism of you is not based on the truth. That way, you can cry out to God like David, explaining to him that they have wrongly judged you. But if they're saying the truth, then you you can't cry out to God and talk about, oh, these people have wronged me. No, they're saying the truth. And so you need to figure it out, right? You need to figure it out. And you need to ask God for help in figuring it out. There will always be someone who disapproves, regardless of what you do, regardless of whether or not you actually do something. Regardless, there will be someone who disapproves of you. Just make sure that their disapproval is not based on the truth. And ask yourself, why are you so affected by it? I mean, people can say whatever they want to say. And I'm asking myself too because, yeah, I'm definitely affected by criticism. And yeah, it's a legit question. Why am I so affected by it? I've learned it's a need to be perfect. But then I'm also learning God hasn't called me to be perfect. And we'll talk more about that on the next episode. But remember, people criticized Jesus. Jesus, as holy as he was, as perfect as he was, people criticized him. So underlying the hatred for criticism is probably pride. And we need to pray and we need to work against that. When you're receiving criticism, when someone's criticizing you, you have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Talks about this in James. I mean, this is tough. And that's just facts because receiving criticism is hard. I'm not going to lie about that. I find it difficult. I think the way I was raised, it was often not good enough to be good enough. And 95% was not good enough. Like, what about 100%? What happened? Having the third place in the class was not good enough. What happened to the person who came second? What happened to the person who came first? Do they have two heads? No. So why? Why? (laughs) I mean, legit conversations that have been had with me, right? Like as a growing child. And so I grew up just feeling like I had to be perfect. And I'm unlearning that now, right? I'm unlearning that, understanding that, you know, that's not what God expects of me. And to be honest, it's impossible to be. So you need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. If you understand that I'm going to receive criticism that might help you with not being angry about it. It's going to happen and it's okay, right? You just learn from it. Another thing that helps is praying in the moment. Like in that moment where you're getting really angry because someone's saying something, pray. So I will actually share an experience that I had recently with someone. So I was on the phone and someone was criticizing me based on their opinion and their presentation really hurt me. Like I was really angry. So I have to confess in that moment, I was definitely not slow to anger. You know, my voice raised a couple octaves and I was getting to that point of like, you know, beginning to hyperventilate or to cry because when you're filled with a lot of anger, you know, sometimes you just, you just have to cry and that's how you deal with it. But I was getting to that point and in that moment while I was, you know, talking back and they were talking and I was talking back. I felt this urge to pray. Well, I felt like it was going to get a lot worse. Um, but it felt like I couldn't stop myself. And so I felt this urge to pray. Yeah, I know. Kind of weird. But um, I really think that's how God works, right? And so I was telling myself, you know what? Uh, I'm going to pray after I'm done with this argument because I need to put this person in their place. Mm? And I kept feeling the nudge to just stop and pray 
right stop doing this and pray and i didn't want to stop giving this person back what they were giving me so like as i was talking on the phone i was actually praying in my head and i was just like god i really want to stop but i don't know how just help me to be honest with you i don't really know like how i got from being so mad i couldn't stop myself to apologizing to that person i really don't know how but hey god works in mysterious ways this is real life i would say pray in the moment don't criticize them or start getting defensive i mean the most common reaction that i've seen to criticism is criticizing back someone tells you oh you need to stop being so impatient and you tell them well if you weren't so slow i wouldn't run out of patience yeah that that that's been my response a lot of times to people who have told me to be patient well not recently because hey god's growing me but in the past it has been right you feel hurt by what they say to you and so you hurt them back and so now you've gone from one hurt person to two hurt people and in fact if that person has the time they'll probably respond back with something even more hurtful and on and on you go till someone runs out of things to say or um someone is just so hurt that they can no longer speak right so stop that whole cycle and like just say you're sorry and you'll work on doing better and again i do want to say if they're just saying lies obviously don't say you walk on doing better I, i don't think you need to say that i think you can just keep quiet and let them finish right just let them finish and be like okay i've heard what you have to say jesus was reviled now to revile is to criticize in an abusive in an angry insulting manner and so he was reviled a lot right he performed miracles and he was told that it was an evil spirit that was in him so like he had demons in him and that's how he was able to do the miracles when jesus was reviled he did not revile back he did not threaten them he did not insult them he just trusted that god who's a fair judge will handle it we're not supposed to go back at them just listen and be like okay i've heard what you have to say and i know that's hard right that's hard it takes practice so whatever you can do right now just do and the next time uh do better and after that just keep working on yourself and that's how we grow that's how we work out our salvation we just keep working at it and we keep getting better because god keeps helping us so again instead of criticizing back or reviling just give a gentle response just say you know i've heard thank you actively keep yourself calm talk to yourself i do that i often tell myself to chill out just like marilyn it's it's not even that serious chill out come on and i'm telling myself that in my head and you know it works sometimes so hey you can try it if it works for you but prayer is probably better than that so pray to god and god will definitely help you but providing a soft answer will help it'll help you like it seems like when people are like just going at you they expect you to come back at them and when you don't i don't know somehow it's like maybe the surprise or something just like just calms them down the next thing is find the truth in what they've said sometimes there's a lot that's false right a lot of what they're saying is based on a lie but sometimes they're saying the truth and sometimes just there's just this tiny part of it that's true so find the truth because there might be some truth in it and you can grow from that we have blind spots so sometimes we can't even figure out if there's truth in what they've said and so i would say 
talk to a trusted friend. Talk to someone that you trust and ask them, what do you think about this? Do you think it's actually true? And if it if it is and you're not sure how to move forward, ask God for wisdom. God doesn't condemn us. He doesn't condemn us. He's like just he wants us to do better. He's looking for ways to help us improve, constantly looking for ways to help us be better. And so if you ask him for wisdom, he's not going to rebuke you or anything like that. I'm going to share one final verse with you. It's from Psalm 32 verse 8. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. God will do that. And he's the best teacher. He's the best teacher because we've talked about the right way to give criticism. And as much as you understand that, I can almost bet that you'll still not give criticism the right way. At least sometimes, right? Because we're not perfect. But God will. He'll rebuke you in the right way every single time. He'll correct you with his word in the right way every single time without you experiencing any kind of condemnation. He's a good father. I truly believe that and I hope you do as well. And if you don't, tell him, God, I haven't experienced you as a good father. I want to. And understand that this life of faith is a journey. If you've listened to this and you really truly struggle with criticism, and again, like I always say, if you're just not sure how to implement this, just pray and I will pray with you. Father God, I still struggle with criticism. I really do. Sometimes I'm just not sure how to give it because I'm so upset. I just, I say things I'm not supposed to say. And receiving criticism is hard. And I just want you to help me. Reveal to me those things you're not happy with. And help me to change. Because you said you work in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And so I just pray to you that You'll help me with this thing called criticism and you'll help me grow in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Christ Centered Growth Podcast. Like, subscribe, and please share with your loved ones. Till next time, continue growing and keep Christ at the center of your growth.